Welcome to Hence the Future podcast. I'm Adam Cronin. I'm Justin Clark. And today we're discussing the future of bullying. This topic was suggested by one of our listeners through an Instagram DM. Uh, that listener's AirPod gang. And specifically, this, inter- this listener is interested in not only bullying, but also dominance behavior in general. So as an example, he brought up fights at school and just trying to make sense of why there is all of this dominance behavior in adolescence, but we're going to expand that to all the way to adulthood because there certainly are aggressive individuals and bullies even into adulthood. So I think a good place to start would be what is bullying and why do people bully? Yeah, I think this is interesting to look at through the lens of evolutionary biology. Mm -hmm. So if you think of, I mean, really any species, there's some sort of bullying or harassment to establish themselves in a social hierarchy. And I guess, you know, this is for social creatures. You see it with dogs, especially baboons. Um, But anyways, this is it started sort of as a way to um, maybe get more access to things like food and sex. And now with humans there, there's a lot more complexity to this. You know, it might have started as a sort of uh, evolutionary dominant structure for resources. But now it's more complicated because, you know, maybe people are bullying out of hatred. Maybe that hatred is, you know, out of your hatred for somebody else or hatred of yourself. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. so many social reasons because we're such um, complex creatures. It's it's a really difficult thing. So there's different types of bullying. Uh, you know, there's physical bullying, which is you know sometimes beneficial if it's like a tribal thing. You know, if you're bullying your brother, maybe that's a, a sort of a rite of passage. Whereas if you're just bullying somebody because they're weak, that's a more toxic sort of bullying. So sometimes bullying might be <clears throat> to to establish, you know, someone in a tribe to get them to be an adult. And you've yeah. seen, you know, sometimes this it gets overblown if you see it in like fraternity hazing, for mm-hmm. example. Um, but there's a lot of this sort of behavior in like military um, units, for example. Right. So, so yeah, yeah, I like there, that lens so a lot of evolutionary biology because you could just imagine if there's a little tribe of humans out on the savanna in Africa, you know, millions of years ago, there's a very real reason for them to all band together and have a clear leader and they all do what they're told. And you don't have like this guy twiddling his thumbs over there and that guy like drawing <laughs> pictures in the sand. And naturally, mm-hmm. the most aggressive or physically powerful person will take that dominant position and basically mm-hmm. tell everyone else what to do. And if they don't do it, then, you know, that person may enforce it uh, physically or may maybe enforce it socially with shaming and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the big difference between back in those days when we were early humans and today is that there's no longer as big of an advantage in having physical dominance or even having Mm -hmm. everyone conforming to the same sort of social norms Mm -hmm. or uh, philosophical norms. There's actually maybe a greater incentive in modern times 
to yeah. have people with totally different, unique ideas that are all sort of doing their own thing and finding their own niche specialty. But mm-hmm. our genes don't know that. So there's yeah. this awkward time when you're going through adolescence where you essentially have your instinctual animal software fighting against your higher self, which yeah. is pretty newly developed. So it's a real struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think... Um, it might be good to talk about different types of bullying because it is such a complicated subject. So there is the physical bullying, um, there is uh, relational bullying, and and sometimes there's a difference in male and female bullying. So there is there is toxic mm-hmm. masculinity and there's toxic femininity, and and bullying is a little bit different between these two. Right, um, and females so, just tend to be more passive aggressive. They're right. not as likely to punch you in the face and laugh at you they're more likely to say mean things about your back and then deny mm-hmm. it when yeah when someone confronts you about it and mm-hmm. yeah this is really relevant when thinking about how bullying has evolved over time specifically with cyberbullying, because yeah. physical bullying is the classic thing you'll see in a disney channel movie where the, the scrawny kid's trying to put his books in the locker and then the big kid like you know, pushes his books down and makes fun of him. (laughs) But cyberbullying, one of the big differences is that people can be even meaner behind a keyboard. And you see this on Twitter and and elsewhere where because you're not looking someone straight in the eyes, you Mm -hmm. can actually distance yourself from thinking of them as a real person and you can be even meaner than you would in real life. Uh, and, And beyond that, social media just by its very nature of connecting so many people together it has the ability of people to really pile on so right i mean i remember this even in in high school in the early days of facebook where someone would write a post and then you know some bully would basically make fun of them in the comments and then everyone else would just pile on and yeah and it's like a feeding frenzy of of bullies feeding their ego with the suffering of someone that they perceive as either weaker or different. Um, But the one thing I will say that's a positive of cyberbullying is that with most of these social platforms, or even with texting or whatever, you have the ability to block whoever you want to block. So that's the good thing. You can't really block people in real life unless you have a restraining order. Yeah, I guess it's, it's a little different when it's it's social bullying, you know, still to establish some sort of social dominance. So not everyone feels like they should block everyone because some some people are bullied by people that they consider to be in a friend group or they're trying to be in a friend group. So if they block mm-hmm. them, then they're like they're shutting themselves out from the friend groups. And right, this, right. you know, this happens if like some some let's say popular kids are really mean and you want to join their group for whatever reason because they're popular you know you don't yeah. want to just block them and 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 not be on that platform so that you know there's so right. much complexity like, and there's this one quote i came across in this research that was said that no one likes bullies but everyone likes to be in the protection of a bully so you people right. like to be associated with a bully and mm-hmm. i don't know what your your personal history has been with bullies but for myself I feel a little bit bad that 
I was bullied a little bit early on, but then throughout high school, it I was never really one who bullied others, but I had friends who were definitely bullies, and I would stand there and I'd laugh alongside them, and I feel kind of bad about it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, there. so I do have some experience, but it's not like any – I never really experienced traditional bullying in my school. Like I honestly never saw it. And I think I just got fairly lucky. I mean, part of it is that, I mean, I was never targeted as like by somebody random. Now, the bullying that I did experience was like within my friend group, for example. And we would like all give right, each other right. shit. And we would all, you know, some some people were more the target of the bullying than others. But I think this was, you know, this this is me looking back, but... Let's, you know, the person that we bullied the most, and this this is like a loose form of bullying, you know, prank them while they're sleeping or like mm -hmm. just give them shit for doing something stupid. You know, what I would think of as more of a tribal sort of bullying. Right. Right. The the person that was bullied most, you know, is often doing going to med school right now, never right, had an right. issue really. Like it it was just Revenge he was the of easiest. The nerds. Yeah. But he but honestly, more, some of us were way more nerdy than, than him. He was like actually one of the, like he was probably the most liked by females, you know, we, and maybe right, some right. of it was out of, um, jealousy, jealousy, but it was, it was still really, um, it, it was more of a tribal thing. It weren't, it wasn't like we were just met, you know, we were just like picking on random weak people. And right. I think this was a, we had a weird social group and I'm, I'm, very thankful for it where the the smart kids and the the jockey kids were like all grouped together like it, it wasn't like a, a clear distinction between the nerdy kids and the kids that were really good at sports which tend you know in general what i've seen and what you see in movies is like the kids that are doing stuff like i don't know wrestling football there's there's always a couple from that group that tend to be more bullies, whereas that that just never seemed like it was the case at my school. And I, maybe we were just really lucky, or maybe I just didn't see it because I was right. I wasn't involved in those circles. Um, yeah. Well, I think this is an an important distinction between bullying that is somewhat acceptable, or maybe even has a real utility in society, and mm -hmm. bullying that is just not good and we should try to eliminate it so i guess some examples in my my own life um i mean i we had a senior this like senior retreat senior year where everyone like gets around a campfire and they basically say whatever's been on their minds throughout all of high school or middle school or whatever mm -hmm. which was a great exercise but i remember this one girl talked about how when she was a new student at our school on her first day, like someone said something to her and then and it was a friend of mine and he may have even like thrown a smoothie at her or something like that and then wow. laughed about it. And it was something that I hadn't remembered at all. I'm sure, mm -hmm. I'm sure my friend who was the bully didn't remember it either. But this yeah. is something that she had thought about like every day since that happened. And, yeah. it, and as someone who was new to the school, it really took a hit on her confidence and it just made her life a lot worse at school. So I would say that's a situation where bullying is just not good, especially when there's someone who's 
yeah. you know, who's new to the situation and it really damages their self-confidence. That's like a bad example. Mm-hmm. But I have a pretty funny, good example, okay. which is from some of my other bully friends, <laughs> which is so, um, you know, some of my friends were Boy Scouts. And this was a, this was an environment where bullying definitely thrived because you're out there in the wilderness with, you know, your counselors are essentially only like five or you know 10 years older than you and they don't really care that much what goes on and it's sort of like a hazing kind of environment Mm -hmm. and this one kid nick would always pick on this other kid eric who loved to read and he, he would just read all day and he loved to like whistle and and nick was just constantly picking on eric uh even though eric was like built as a stronger guy he was just a very like soft gentle kind of person whereas nick was more of like like uh he reminds me a lot of um who's that guy in boardwalk empire the oh i have no idea (laughs) oh um anyways but he's he was kind of like a scrawny guy but like a real Uh smart witty guy so he would make all of these really funny jabs at people but in a really mean way oftentimes Mm -hmm. and my my good friend um hunter wanted eric to fight back against nick because he was sick of of eric just taking so much shit from nick and not Mm -hmm. doing anything and not standing up to him and oftentimes bullies only respond to you standing up to them because they're often aggressive which means they respond to respect and if they don't respect you they'll continue to bully you so Mm -hmm. hunter went to eric and he said eric what would it take for you to stand up to nick and he's like, well, if he ate my mint Milanos, then, I, you know, I'd go crazy. Like, because he had these mint Milanos that he just really valued. They were like gold to him on these like Boy Scout <laughs> retreats in the wilderness. So then Hunter went and he ran over to Nick and was like, Nick, what, this would be so funny. You got to eat Eric's mint Milanos and it would be hilarious. He loves those mint Milanos. And Nick was like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. So then Nick goes over into Eric's tent and starts eating his mint Milanos. And then Hunter runs over to Eric and says, Eric, come quick. Nick is eating your mint Milanos. <laughs> and so, so, so Eric runs into his tent and he sees Nick and he's just bum, 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 he's munching, just like, you know, shoving them in his mouth, his valuable mint Milanos that he would ration for like every single day. And Eric just he like went into full on Hulk mode, like <laughs> and just wailed on Nick and Nick never said a word to Eric that was negative mm-hmm. beyond that. The bullying completely stopped. Wow. That's, it's really good when I love the stories when people just stand up to bullies. Cause I, I hate when I see this sort of the toxic bullying that really doesn't serve any purpose. It's just out of like hatred or just to be mean. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the victim stands up like that. Those are the most satisfying videos when you see someone that's just getting picked on and they just turn around and just knock the bully out or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think? Have you seen any examples where bullying, let's say more in a tribal sense, has led to maybe stronger character, maybe more resilience, something along those lines? And I don't want to say this and I don't ask this to like justify bullying because so many types of bullying are not justified and totally 
worthless and they pretty much they do as much damage to the bully well that's not fair it, you know it can really damage the victim but it shows a lot of like mental weakness sometimes in the bully itself and the bully him or herself too so you know this isn't to say that bullying is good but there are certain types of bullying like the more tribal bullying or let's say a big brother bullying a oh, bullying sure. quote unquote a younger brother I mean, I definitely bullied my younger brother mm -hmm. and I would, you know, whenever he did anything that I perceived as being like a, you know, like a sissy thing to do, or if he was like mm -hmm. copying me too much or if, or if he was like complaining too much or anything that was perceived as weakness, mm -hmm. I would, you know, throw down <laughs> the hammer, but I, I don't feel yeah. like I did it in a way that was over the top i feel like it actually did yeah. serve a real purpose and and mm -hmm. you know my brother he's like a super chill guy now who is you know mm -hmm. like even he has said like he really values sort of our dynamic growing up because you sort of learn how to keep your cool in situations mm -hmm. where you know someone has pointed out what you're doing wrong or, or something that's that you've been doing that's you know not up to task mm -hmm. And you also sort yeah. of realize the value in, you know, mental toughness. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. I think that that's been uh, that was an example of positive bullying. Uh, there's this. Great... Yeah, do you think that maybe this is like partly due to the intention behind the bullying? Like if the that's intention is I, I care about you. And when you do stupid stuff, I'm going to, you know, I'm yeah. going to lay down the hammer. Whereas like I hate you because of the way you dress or the way you look like for example those are just really toxic and to me don't serve any purpose totally, right i'm sure totally. some i'm sure some victims can come out on the other side of that type of bullying way stronger but at the same time you come out of any hardship stronger if you can push through right although i so, would say that even if the intention is bad if you are able to deal with that and come out on top that's really valuable, potentially even more valuable when you have to deal with those situations in real life. Because mm -hmm. part of the difference between adult bullying versus childhood bullying is that when you're in childhood, oftentimes you can just tell your teacher or you can get them in trouble or there's some authority figure that you can go to. But mm -hmm. in adulthood, oftentimes, like the bully could be your boss. The bully could be an abusive husband. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the bully could be someone who has high status in, in, in legal circumstances, like a police right. officer or a judge mm -hmm. or something like that. So mm -hmm. oftentimes you can't go to an authority figure. It's all about how you yourself can deal with it. And so it might be helpful to say some of the strategies for dealing with bullies. And mm -hmm. the first most important strategy is do not let the bully get a rise out of you. Don't let the bully see that it's affecting you emotionally. Mm -hmm. And another example or another strategy is walk away if you can, remove yourself from the situation. And if that doesn't work, and if they still keep on after you, even after you're just being totally stoic and zen and not letting them get a rise out of you, and even after you've walked away multiple times, they still keep coming after you, then you need to stand up for yourself. You can't just tattle your way out of it 
I mean, of course, if you're in real physical danger, like in that case, you should you should get help. But assuming yeah. it's more like psychological bullying, you need to stand up for yourself in a way that shows that you're not being affected emotionally, but that bully is not the boss of you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it, also good to to take that to heart. Like even even if you outwardly show that it's mentally affecting or if you if you outwardly show that it's not mentally affecting you or emotionally affecting you, it's still good to go through the motions of like making it not emotionally affect you. Right. It's it's good to cuz if it's still doing the damage, then, you know, nothing really is being solved except for, you know, future bullying might stop. But if if you can work through these sort of situations and realize, okay, what is the purpose of the bullying right now? Like, what is this person going through? Like, they're experiencing something. The bully is experiencing some sort of pain or some sort of anger. What is the source of that anger? Is it because they live in in an abusive household? Is it because they themselves are bullied? And this is more common with um, guys, but a lot of guys are both the bullied and the bullies. Right. Um, there's there's a relatively decent chunk of people that are both victims and bullies, um, which you know that you it's good to just think about these things and realize that whatever you're going through in this situation, you know, if I if I was to talk to somebody in you know middle school or high school that's being bullied, it's it's good to realize that this is not life like this is not exactly. all of life and it's not the most significant thing that you'll go through it's probably not the hardest thing you'll go through but at the time you know when you're in that phase of life it just seems like this is the most crucial and the worst thing that's ever happened to you so exactly. you know it's good to just take a step back and be stoic kind of like you were saying right and that's that's why so many people commit suicide and suicide rates have been on the rise for especially teen girls, but teen boys and girls. And part of the reason for that is exactly what you said, that people think that this is like the end of their life, that this is all important. And, mm. you know, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Mm. You know, you're, you're going to grow up, you're going to go to college, you're going to you know, get a job, you can do whatever you want. So even if you're in a really shitty situation right now, just know that it's only temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also, like, yeah. how much do you keep up with, you know, high school pe- people that you weren't even friends with in high school? Do you really see them at all anymore? Like out of high school, all I t- the only people I talk to are my friends from high school. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. Like, it's I, only I the people that you want to keep up a uh, yeah, like you're not with. you're not gonna keep running into these people, and maybe there are situations where you live in a small town and there's like no escape. But but you can use this sort of stuff as fuel to get you out. And I think yeah, I've talked with a couple of friends before, and that have been through some hard um, situations, and <clears throat> basically they were saying that you can respond to these things in one of two ways: you can let it get you, you can let it break you down. Mm-hmm. Or you can use it as fuel to get to the next phase in life. You can use it to escape a small town. You can use it to escape, you know, if your parents are abusive, for example, if your parents are bullies, you can use it to escape the home. So if you just 
use it as fuel, you know, that might be another way to respond to this and use it as a, a long-term uh, solution. Right. And that's why the phrase so often used of be the bigger person, mm-hmm. because when you're dealing with a bully, your best strategy is to perceive their motivations, like what's driving them, almost like you're in a higher dimensional plane and you're looking at the situation with, with, without letting it affect you, mm. almost with like a distant curiosity and almost like a, with like a hint of amusement where mm. you're just like, wow, I can totally see these biological motivations that are driving this insecure behavior on behalf mm. of this bully. And I'm going to stay calm like the mm. bottom of the ocean when there is a storm going on the, at the surface of the ocean. And mm-hmm. you really, that is the, some of the greatest source of strength. If you can keep your cool in dire situations, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be a, an incredible scale when, you know, you're negotiating business deals later on or, or any, mm-hmm. really any situation. And I wish or like I anything difficult, up. like any sort of difficult situation, like you, you lose, let's say, you know, God forbid you lose a loved one. If you've gone through a hard situation before and you kind of know how to remain stoic that might be something that can transfer to a really like a truly difficult situation mm-hmm. even though it'll still be difficult you might it might give you tools to better handle something like that totally. um, so yeah. yeah there's there are definitely benefits but i don't again i don't want to linger too much on the benefits because there are like right. When we talk about cyberbullying, it's just one of the it's one of the things of the modern age that's re- like we really need to figure out. Like it's one of those things about social media that we just weren't programmed for. We weren't programmed to be able to handle people piling on to like bully an individual based on how they look online. You know, online trolls are particularly um, sinister, in my view, depending on, you know, if it's for fun or for for being mean. But yeah, I don't know. Although that is something that is important to be able to navigate as well. Yeah, you do need to be able to navigate it because our world is increasingly online. And Mm -hmm. so having those skills is also important. So but, you know, really, they're both important skills and you know, we, we should take steps to reduce bullying for sure. But it's also important that people are able to deal with it. Like, yeah. I mean, my my earliest memory in life was being bullied. Really? And it was it was in kindergarten when uh, you know, I was living in Connecticut at the time. And the teacher said, everyone draw a picture of a face. And so I drew a picture of a face. And I had a crush on this girl at the time, my first ever crush, this girl, Corey. And I drew a picture of her with like red lips. And someone in the class like saw it and they were like, Matt likes a girl, Matt likes a girl. And then I got really upset and I like crawled under the, I just remember like crawling under this desk and just crying. And the whole class started chanting it. And it was, to me, it was like, I was just, it was like the worst experience of my life up until that point. Mm -hmm. And I realize now looking back that if I had just initially said like, yeah, I do like a girl. So what? Then no one else would have joined in on the chant and it wouldn't have been an issue at all. 
Yeah. So do you think one one coping mechanism or one way to handle bullies is to just own whatever it is they're picking exactly. on? Like, and this is called just... the high ground maneuver. Okay. And this is something that Scott Adams talks about in his book, Win Bigly. And, you know, here's how he describes the high ground maneuver. So, for example, let's say there's this is the example he gives. If a military drone accidentally kills civilians and there's a public outcry, it would be a mistake for the military to spend too much time talking about what went wrong, what went wrong in that particular mission. So the high ground maneuver would be something like saying this, look, war is messy. No one wants civilians to die. We'll study the situation and see how we can better avoid it in the future. So you're basically moving from the specific situation you're in to the general and you state an unassailable principle, like no one wants civilians to die. So in my situation, it could be like, yeah, I like girls. So what? You know, everyone likes likes someone. And, yeah. you know, I chose to draw a picture of a girl I like. So you're kind of like taking something specific that they're trying to get a rise out of you with and you accept it and then state it as an unassailable fact of life. And then no one can really argue with that. Mm. Yeah, I like that strategy a lot. So, are there are there other examples that um, maybe maybe this wouldn't work as well on? Like, for example, or something that would be harder for an individual. So, I'm thinking one example that comes to mind is let's say uh, you're from a family with not that much money and you dress in similar clothing all day and you or every day and you get picked on for that by mm -hmm. some by kids that have more money like there's surely you can still use this tactic yeah you but could it'll say just like oh harder. you care about the clothes that you wear like like who cares about that like are you really that materialistic that you need like <laughs> new shoes every week to feel confident about yourself like i feel confident i'm just wearing the same clothes i wear every day like yeah it's easy i don't even need to decide what i'm gonna wear like yeah, you probably I mean, you, you probably spend an hour choosing what you're gonna wear every week and i'm doing right. you know no work on my end this is easier yeah so i think it i mean to your point i think whenever it's a straightforward like someone's calling you out that tactic is going to work i think the more perhaps the more sinister form of bullying in today's culture is when no one says anything to your face and it's just passive and it's like mm -hmm. you can sense that something's off like everyone's talking about you in a group thread that you're not a mm -hmm. part of and you can feel a weirdness but even your friends won't really tell you what's going on and you know the bully mm -hmm. is just like clearly like laughing and snickering at you but won't really call you out that's a really difficult situation because you mm -hmm. you can't really call out something that hasn't been explicitly hurled at you right and that, that mm. seems to be the situation that a lot of uh, teenage girls find themselves in, where they're oh, getting yeah. made fun of, but they, and they can sense it, but they don't really know what it is or how to respond. And, mm -hmm. you know, those situations are really tricky. And, yeah. the, you know, the best advice I could give is just put it in context, that this is just a temporary situation in life. Mm -hmm. And you can just you know, be the bigger person by knowing that the motivations of these bullies are purely instinctual and tribal 
and yeah. and this this sort of gets to what we've talked about when we talked about the future of reality, which is that your sense of reality changes a lot throughout your life. Like when mm -hmm. you're a baby or a toddler, you're essentially like a little Buddha who's like tripping on mushrooms all day. <laughs> and you're just like, whoa. And, and you can't even discern the environment as being separate from yourself. So if mm -hmm. everything's happy and nice, you're happy and nice. If a plate crashes and your parents start yelling at each other, you start crying because you don't perceive mm -hmm. a, a distinction between your, yourself as the organism and the environment that you're living in. But as you get older, you start to realize that distinction and you start to identify with yourself as being separate from the environment. And this is precisely when kids are going through school and they're mm -hmm. having to deal with people assailing on them personally. And then you're, you're basically that's when your ego is constructed. And this is the most mm -hmm. dire time because you have very little experience with your higher self and you ha are mostly driven by your instinctual animal software and as you get older through usually like you know there will be a transformation in college or beyond or sometimes it takes like further into adulthood but that's mm -hmm. where you sort of get back your buddha like nature where you are able mm -hmm. to be the bigger person and you value values more than right. actual like just how you know your position in the pecking order right and then you can sort of perceive the differences between the organism and the environment while still putting it in context so you sort of have the best of both worlds ideally yeah it seems like that sort of view of the world takes practice you know it's not mm -hmm. something that you just you get from being older like some some people that are older are still toxic bullies oh, you know sure. we yeah. we have one that is in the white house <laughs> yeah. and and you know, there's... Well, that's an interesting thought experiment. Like, okay. how would you, let's say you woke up tomorrow and you're in Trump's cabinet. How would you deal with Trump? Like, how would you behave in that context? Assuming oh. you still want the country to succeed and you don't like just quit the first. Yeah. Day. Yeah. I think, I think you would like you have to stick with at least it seems to me like you have to stick with it but at the same time i don't know what it's really like to work you know right. in trump's cabinet i imagine it's probably not that easy to deal with it especially if you want to actually get things done because i have a hard time believing that a vast majority of the republican party wants everything that trump wants what what they're doing is they're just kind of being yes men and agreeing with That's everything. tribalism yeah they're yeah they're benefiting from the power of the tribe and therefore yeah. they're unwilling to say things that are against the tribe, even if they personally don't yeah. share those values. Yeah. And that's, that's the hard situation. So it seems like what you would have to do is you would have to play the game. This is something that Jocko talks Jocko Willink, the Navy SEAL, he has his own podcast. Um, he talks about all the time is if you're in a toxic environment, the best thing to do is not to get yourself fired and it's not to stand up explicitly and, you know, try to, you know, or to just quit. You know, you can't you can't get yourself fired. You can't quit like you have to stay in it and be the voice of reason in a situation like this. So you have to play the game a little bit. And maybe that's yeah. what some Republicans are doing. Like they they need to be on Trump's good side. But Trump is such a, a bully that. If you don't show like full commitment to him, 
you're out like immediately right which, which is hard for you know some leaders are a little bit more mature and they'll accept people with different points of view and maybe maybe trump does do this i don't want to say you know all of these things because i don't know exactly what it is like yeah and there are some him. policies that trump has implemented that we like on this podcast so it's not like we you know discount everything yeah. trump has ever done but certainly from a personal perspective like Trump is the quintessential bully. I mean, you yeah. saw today with the you know Nancy Pelosi situation where Nancy Pelosi basically said that Trump had a meltdown in this meeting, and then Trump goes on Twitter and says Nancy Pelosi was the one who had the meltdown, which is just a classic bully tactic, where you just project what you what's like you are insecure about onto the other person. Oh my gosh. And I mean, really, the, the reason that society has gotten as far as it has is because human beings go beyond their tribalism to value mm -hmm. these memes, these ideals, like freedom of the individual, freedom of speech, like, you know, the Ten Commandments. I mean, there are so many value systems that have been baked into our current mm -hmm. society that if you can stick to, if you find values that are important to you and you stick to those values no matter what, then you essentially have a superpower. Like mm -hmm. no one can get at you. And the, the problem where most people slip up is they, they view values as less important than your immediate interests. And so they'll yeah. do whatever is gonna get them the most money or the most status within their potentially corrupt organization or their potentially, you know, mean group of friends. Mm -hmm. And then they end up turning into that which they hated initially. Yeah. Or, or at least they allow that those sort of toxic behaviors to continue. So if, if you can find your own values and just stick to that no matter what, like like for me personally, my my master value is truth. And if mm -hmm. a boss ever told me to say or do something that I did not perceive to be true, I don't care if they're offering me a hundred million dollars, like I'm not going to do it. And that's yeah. where I draw the line. I don't care if they're going to fire me for it. And I've actually had situations in my job where, where, uh, you know, not with my current employer, but in the past where I actually put my foot down and would not do certain things because I didn't perceive it to be the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you don't have that rock, then it can be easy for people to push you around to whatever their values are. Yeah. Or what their values aren't. Yeah. You know, totally. Um, so here's a question. I'm curious if you think that. Um, so speaking of memes, if you think that it is becoming less socially acceptable to be a bully, because it seems true. Especially with the younger generation, like I feel like people are really standing up to it. And the pot, it's it was previously true that people in you know in the spotlight, people that were popular, tended to be more bullies than others. Whereas now it seems like a lot of really popular people are speaking out against it explicitly. Mm -hmm. And you know, well, that's part of the societal values that we've instilled, mm -hmm. where. When you're in, a, and the research actually proves this, that societies that value diversity of the individual, diversity of ideas, diversity of thoughts, mm -hmm. tend to have less bullying. However, mm -hmm. societies that value violence tend to have more bullying. So America has this dichotomy where 
we kind of value mm. violence and there's a lot of violence in the media. And I mean, yeah. if you just look at, at, you know, Trump in the White House, it's like hard to ignore that the person who's got the most powerful position in the land got there by being a bully. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the mainstream society in America really does value like, you know, anyone can, you know, sort of be whoever they want to be. And it's mm-hmm. okay if you're, if you're gay, it's okay if you're this ethnicity, it's okay if you're transgender, like, we are accepting in that regard. And because, you know, younger people tend to have the most up to date version of our values and of society, I do see them as being kinder to each other than previous generations. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw like the great depression with Gary Goldman on no. Netflix, but it's all about his depression. And he talks about growing up in the seventies where he's just like, like the difference in, you know, he played football and when he got just absolutely a horrible concussion, you know, from, from getting just, blasted by someone on the opposing team mm-hmm. everyone just said gary got his bell rung gary got his bell rung and it's like they oh, didn't give no. a shit about his health and that was sort of carried over to all aspects of growing up in those days where it wasn't people were, weren't as cognizant of what could happen to your brain physically or but also like mental and emotional damage psychological damage whereas mm-hmm. now we're much more aware of mental health and that being an important mm-hmm. issue. Yeah, and I think even um, Netflix shows or shows in general that are cool are talking about mental health. Like 13 Reasons Why is probably the biggest example of this. Yeah. Right? Although, I don't know if you've ever... that suicide Although... rate went up with the premiere of 13 Reasons Why because it kind of glorified suicide in a sense. Really? I don't, so there's like a... I mean, a I haven't seen it, but I know the stats that there was an uptick in suicides when that show came out. Wow. So that's interesting. I, I mean, I, I could see that it does sort of glorify, um, but at the same time, it also talks about like being a bully and, and how little actions, seemingly little actions as the bully can have huge effects for somebody that lead them to kill themselves. Right. So maybe, maybe this is, you know, I guess there's probably a dichotomy with that as well. Like there are probably some good things that came out of that show and probably some things, some negative things. Like, you know, if there were more suicides really because of it, that's definitely not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, anyways, I, I, it just seems like there's more, media attention on mental health which is has carried over to you know informing the younger generation what's going on like i and maybe this is partly because i'm not really exposed to bullying bullying and haven't really been exposed to it but it seems um like there just hasn't been like i've never seen in person bullying the same way that i would see it on you know movies um where you know or you know the example that you right. gave well well there's far less tolerance for it now and especially yeah. in schools if there's physical aggression like someone actually shoves someone into a locker that's that's like grounds for expulsion in today's culture whereas it wasn't yeah. in the past so hmm. the, it does seem like they're cracking down more on overt bullying 
However, it does seem like the more passive, you know, cyber social media bullying is more prevalent now than ever. So it's definitely changed in its character. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is there is an argument to be made for bullies as as having some value. Like I love Chris Rock has this uh, Netflix special where he talks about this and about how bullying has essentially disappeared from schools that from the time he was in school to now when he brings his daughters to school where they have a zero bully tolerance policy. And he says in his Netflix special, we need bullies. Pressure makes diamonds, not hugs. Hug a piece of coal and see what you get. You get a dirty shirt. (laughs) And he also says like in school, kids are told you can be anything you want to be. Why are we lying to these children? Maybe four of them can be anything they want to be, but the other 2,000 better learn how to weld. (laughs) (laughs) Or he says, you can be, he corrects it by saying, you can be anything you're good at as long as they're hiring. And even then it helps to know somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. But it does show that like there is the worry of coddling kids too much. Yeah. So there does need to be some balancing between bullying and, and coddling. Um, yeah. And it seems like the best way to do this would just be to like, really you need to be able to handle bullying first of all, like you've, you've talked about, but there needs to be some, some sort of rite of passage that is like, that is difficult to go through for people, but it depends on what the intention is. Like, like I said earlier, if the intention is through like, I care about you, so I'm gonna be, I'm gonna like, really lay down love. the hammer. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and tough love has its own line. You know, if you're a parent giving your kid tough love, like, you can't, you can't expect that to work all the time. And yeah, it's, it's maybe this is because we've grown up in a time of peace. You know, you you hear stories about, you know, people that went through the Great Depression giving their kids tough love, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, because they went through something tough and they feel like it was beneficial. So, you know, there's, there's always well, nuance let's, let's to Well, let's talk about the specific case that our listener brought up, because that okay. is not actually an example of bullying. So what he was talking about is fights between two consenting kids at school. Mm-hmm. And oh, two consenting kids, okay. So I don't know if you had this in, in your own experience growing up, but me and my friends used to fight each other in a very similar way where we would be in the locker room and we would just like, we would quote unquote go body, meaning you're in a fight, but you can't hit them in the head. Okay. And so we we would do this all the time and it was fun and it was sort of a way to get out all of your testosterone And Uh it was also a a way to just sort of compete with your friends in a way where you weren't really trying to hurt them. But at the same time, you want to beat them to show how good you are Uh at fighting. And I remember there was a sort of rite of passage. Again, this was with my friend Hunter. (laughs) But we were, uh, I hope he's listening to this. But we were in the locker room and this like other kid, this bigger kid, Mike, was like, you know, just like buff, like, like really an adult at that time when we were just like mm-hmm. kids and yeah. he went body with me in the locker room and I wouldn't give up and even, and, and my friend Hunter's like, dude, tap out, tap out. And I wouldn't give up. And after that, Mike 
really respected me and he was like all right like you're a good guy like <laughs> oh yeah so yeah. there is something like i don't think those situations are necessarily bad and when you think mm -hmm. about what it means to grow up is you're really trying to figure out what your boundaries are so if can i push this situation a little bit further and still things will end up okay like can i push mm -hmm. my body in this particular way and still achieve what I set out to. And mm -hmm. that's really what life is, life is early on is you're sort of just like figuring out your boundaries, you know, from a toddler tumbling over and figuring out how his body works to the more extreme cases of like my friends and I like kick flipping down like 10 stairs and just like still trying not to kill ourselves. Um, but that's, you yeah. know, that's the learning process. That's recursive learning. Like mm -hmm. if you create a learning algorithm, it would do very similar things. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree that there's a huge benefit, especially to the consenting thing where you're just kind of like figuring out where you stand uh, within your tribe. And the example with me and my friends it was sort of wrestling. I had a lot of wrestler friends. I, I had a, a Brazilian exchange student that came over to that stayed with us for like six months. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, but he was really into MMA and knew some of the top Brazilian uh, fighters. So he sort of taught me Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We did some kickboxing. So we had this yeah. one this one match, and he was 16 and I was like 13. So he was going to kick my ass every time, and he was way more experienced than me. But he was, you know, he still let me fight him, and he right. would have he would have gloves on and let me punch him in the face and I would be bare knuckle <laughs> and like he was he was hardcore yeah. anyways you know we you know we would fight all the time and um but I, I think really if you do something like Brazilian jiu-jitsu where you're always fighting to some extent but you're not putting yourself in physical danger really mm. you know you can tap out at any time you really see I mean, you get beat all the time because I think getting beat in a controlled environment yeah, like that is yeah. also really um, helpful. Oh, it's a really valuable developing. experience. Yeah, and when it's so, with your friends, it's good bonding too. Yeah, yeah. So we would we would do that, you know, with with our friend group. So we had wrestler friends. I was a little bit experienced, based because I would, you know, mess around and fight the Brazilian exchange student. Um, so yeah, we would wrestle all the time. I mean, I would still get crushed a lot of the time by like certain friends that were just really good at wrestling. And then, you know, I could beat some others, but it was really beneficial for bonding and really beneficial for just like getting out. It's sort of like a controlled aggression. Like you're not, you're not right. putting yourself like in tr like truly in harm's way. Like you're not going to die. Right. It's but, like practice for war, practice for protecting yeah. your family against an invading uh, you know, mm -hmm. rival group. And yeah. that's very instinctual. And even though we may no longer need that physically, because we have police, we have modern society, it still is really valuable psychologically, and for your own confidence, because like it or not, that's how male humans are often wired, is mm -hmm. to value the ability to protect yourself, protect your family from physical harm. Mm -hmm. And by practicing, like you said, even practicing losing in a dignified yeah. way yeah. is really valuable. Yeah. And just one more point on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. 
I mean, I, I personally love it, but like, I think it's one of the most uh, useful things, especially for kids. Um, I'm not a parent by any means, but I hear like Joe Rogan, Jocko, and like a lot of people talking about jujitsu and how you don't, you do not have to be huge and strong to physically protect yourself and get out of a fighting situation. So if somebody, let's say, um, go back to school fights and it's one-sided, you know, there's a, just a physical, a bully that's trying to physically dominate you and you're way smaller than this bully. You can still with jujitsu and with training for probably six months to a year, you could beat this guy every single time. And, yeah. and not in a way that's going to because well, you, you use know, their power against them. Yeah, so, jujitsu yeah. is such a it's such an awesome grappling sport where you you don't have to have strength. It's all about skill, mm-hmm. and it's it's really beneficial for building confidence. And a lot of times you can you can step away from situations. You don't feel like you need to prove yourself because you know that. You don't have to like you you know personally that you could beat somebody if you needed to so i think and there's you know there's toxic brazilian jiu-jitsu fighters as well that will try to you know break people's arms essentially if they get the chance but yeah i have read that a lot of people that had confidence challenges early on if they take up a sport like Mm jiu-jitsu you gain so much confidence and it's it can be a, a huge a huge bane to bullies to have those skills. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Well, I know we're running a little short on time, so let's get into the future scenarios. So, um, what do you think about your worst case scenario? Worst case scenario. My worst case scenario is that we go too far in the direction of coddling and not allowing some freedom for kids to figure out things on their own. And I definitely think it can go way too far in the other direction too, meaning we Mm -hmm. can allow bullies free reign to a far greater degree. It just doesn't seem likely to me. So that's why it's not my worst case. Mm -hmm. You know, I could see a situation where people are so protected from any sort of aggression or Mm -hmm. any sort of uh, even challenging their ideas or their desires or the way they're doing things that it really creates these little bubbles where someone can not be challenged their whole life and you know up until they're in the real world and then they have a really hard problem dealing with other individuals on a team and Mm -hmm. that could that could be, uh, you know, that could be bad for, for society because it's so important right. that we're able to work together cohesively. Yeah. And that, that's part of what you gain by growing up in a school setting where there are people of different powers, whether it's social status, physical power, you know, someone mm-hmm. who gets all the girls, someone who's really good at sports. And you sort of have mm-hmm. this microcosm of the real world in your school and you have to figure out how to deal with it on your own. And yeah, if it gets really bad, you should go to a teacher. But for most mm-hmm. situations, I think it's good for kids to figure out how to deal with it on their own. Um, mm-hmm. So my worst case scenario is one in which we go too far in the direction of preventing all types of bullying. And it actually prevents our ability to 
come to a consensus when we're adults about what are the policies we should have, you know, making concessions, respecting other people's ideas and, you know, building mm-hmm. upon that in a collaborative way. Yeah, I think mine is uh, fairly similar to that. Like it, it does not, the worst case is not, you know, bullying thrives. Um, I mean, it it's is just so unlikely some, given yeah. trends in society. Yeah, I think so. Really, what I think uh, the worst case is, is the nature of bullying. It's around the nature of bullying. And if the nature around bullying is just pure hatred and there's no there's no actual purpose to be served, then I think that's, you know, if it's more prejudice based, for example, or cyberbullying, um, you know, is, you know, super prevalent, which seems to be sort of the way that we're moving. Um, I do agree that it would be bad if kids don't learn how to handle this type of bullying. But I do think in the worst case, the the good types of bullying are less common than the toxic types of bullying. Um, and I don't want to say like bullying is good, but it can be beneficial. Just like, you know, right, when you get right. sick, you go through something hard your body is stronger after the fact. Your immune system is stronger after it learns how to cope with some disease that you went through. Just like when you get chicken pox, your body remembers how to deal with it for the rest of its life, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess my big concern with lack of bullying is that your ego can get built up more and more unless it's challenged. Mm-hmm. And by having someone challenge your predilections and the way you do things, it can feel mm-hmm. like a real assault on you personally. But it also can give you the opportunity to rethink your own, your own, uh, you mm-hmm. know, thoughts and positions. But if you're never yep. challenged, then I mean, I guess for me, it all comes down to: Are you feeding the ego and feeding the instinctual animal software? Or are you allowing people to evolve into that higher self, like we mm-hmm. talked about, where you're an adult, but you still are able to have this sort of, you know, Zen approach to all aspects of life, and you don't let it get to you personally, even if you're in the most dire, you know, sort of situation. Yeah. So is that uh, similar to your best case? Best case scenario. My best case scenario is that the higher self thrives over the instinctual mm. self. Okay. And part of that is being challenged and allowing people to figure things out on their own. And part of it is seeing the downsides of letting your instinctual animal software take over. So I think even from in a bully's case, if you're mean to someone and then you feel bad about it later, and then someone's mean to you, and then maybe you think about how the situation's been flipped on you, that also is valuable. So I guess I'm just, in my best case scenario, people are able to go through the same sorts of learning that, for instance, the ancient Greeks went through, where they'd have these philosophical discussions, but then they'd also wrestle each other, you know, in the dirt. And you sort of get... To me, that's like the whole experience of being being human. Like you sort of are a jack of all trades, whether it's, you know, physical or intellectual or anything else. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. The well-rounded component is really important. And I think 
that's something that if people are well-rounded to some extent, then they're more resilient to bullying as well, right? Like if, if you know that if you're getting bullied, but you're, you know, you can sort of physically handle yourself, you're intellectually capable on your own, then you have the ability to just take the high ground, kind of like we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's good. I think in my best case, all of the toxic bullying would just be the meme of toxic bullying um, being bad would just spread. Like people don't accept toxic bullying and and there are no more needless, you know, suicides, right, uh, with, with bullying and people mm-hmm. learn how to cope with it for one, but two, it never gets to that point. I think there's always a line like bullying to some extent and tough situations to some extent are good. But if, if the situation is so bad that someone feels like they need to take their own life, then that's that type of situation in my best case just doesn't exist. Right. Um, Right. And, and I think part of this will be a cultural change where, where, you know, cyber bullying and just being mean in general like that is less socially acceptable among kids because I think they're Mm -hmm. still learning to go through. Like if you're a mean kid and then all, all the kids like socially ostracize you because you were an asshole, you know, that might, that's another hard situation, but it's, it's something that I think would also lead to learnings. Yeah. I really like this one example of this school where every day they have someone sitting in the front of the class like a kid in the front of the classroom and that kid shakes the hands and looks in the eyes of every one of his classmates as they come in and they Hmm. have a new kid each day that's in that position but it sort of forces you to to look directly in the eyes of each person and you can't just Mm -hmm. sort of hide away and and you know the teacher can tell if there's some like really weird vibes between particular students mm-hmm. so it doesn't allow that to just get buried and i think that's part of the part of the you know the issue where bullying goes too far and it re- results in suicide is cuz people feel like they're invisible and they feel like they don't have anyone in their corner and they mm-hmm. do feel ostracized and they don't see any end in sight so yeah. i think if we can force kids to just look at each other in the eyes and, you know, interact in constructive, collaborative ways and maybe Mm -hmm. have like team projects, but you're always changing up the teams and those sort of exercises are really beneficial. I think team sports are also really beneficial. Yeah. So if you're into that sort of thing, like football, I consider one of the most valuable lessons for, for myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree in today's society, it's even more important that we value people with all types of differing views and thoughts and, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the whole model of making everyone into a very specific type of like manager for like the 1990s where you like enter things on a spreadsheet repeatedly over and over again (laughs) is just not going to help our society. We're way better off letting people have crazy outlandish ideas that would probably never work but if they Mm -hmm. do work we might be able to solve you know quantum computing or climate change or or you know beneficial ai or one of these issues so we got to be careful in you know keeping people well-rounded and letting them learn from each other while also allowing people to keep 
their, you know, what makes them special individually so that we can allow that to flourish and, you know, contribute mm -hmm. to society. That we're not just turning everyone into a cookie cutter version of right. their former self. Yeah, I agree. Most likely scenario. And it does seem like as we become more informed, you know, to kind of touch on the likely case that that is that is becoming more likely where we we do really value the individual and we value diversity more than we ever have. And I think we're continuing to move in that direction, which which I'm actually really excited about, because I think that that means innovation is just going to continue to rise the more that we solve you know systemic racisms and then systemic sexism all of these things when we start to bring everybody sort of on the same um, playing field then we have a whole bunch of ideas and i think we just need to i think with bullying i really do think it'll continue to um drop i don't know if that's going to be a good thing um you know there might I still think it'll be hard for like tribal um, bullying, which I view as more beneficial. I think that that will stay around pretty much forever. That's just like human nature. Um, but yeah. I, I do think when, when we're talking about these memes of um, like bullying for social dominance, it's changing. Like the, how you establish yourself socially is not through dominance and bullying anymore. Um, right, it's through like I've got my team of lawyers is gonna absolutely destroy you. <laughs> We're gonna destroy <laughs> Turkey economically. <laughs> that's like the modern form of bullying. Yeah, yeah, and and I don't know if that's that's a good thing, but it it seems like bullying, especially at the grander scales, can do way more damage than um, than it used to, just because we have more power. Like individuals have more power at this point. So we'll see how that shapes out. I don't know how it will. Yeah, my most likely scenario is similar in that I do think that kids are going to be kinder to each other and they'll value the individualism more and more over time just because they'll have the most up-to-date version of society's values. But I also think we are likely to go a little bit too far in the coddling direction. But ultimately, I think it's going to you know turn out for the better as we have just more diverse viewpoints and... Yeah, more, more competing ideas to choose from to move society forward. Yeah. We are all, all right. here today. Well, I think that's a good place to end really it. This has been the future of bullying. Thank you for We're listening. Thank you to AirPod Gang for suggesting this topic. What is going to happen and we'll see you next time. Inevitably the past, the present, and the future.
Hey futurists, if you've made it this far, you might be wondering who created the Hence the Future theme song. It was created by the Walden Brothers, and you can find them on Spotify. The Walden Brothers also produced the sound bites for the worst case, the best case, and the most likely future scenarios. At Hence the Future, we're always looking for ways to improve the quality of our episodes and our predictions. To that end, we're building a team of researchers to curate the most authoritative and highly vetted sources as the foundation for every episode. If you'd like to support these efforts, you can donate a small monthly amount at anchor.fm slash hence the future. And if you haven't done so already, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate your support.